Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing stuff, news. We're in that sweet spot in between content where we can actually talk about the things that have been announced and and other things and lost episode things. All that and more of the side we have no control over. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm a rambler. I'm sorry, I'm Jeff Ramble. Uh, Jeff Randall. <laughs> a rambling man, rambling man. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Jeff. Welcome back. Yeah, it, it's not been that long, but it's been oh. a while since we've done an episode that wasn't like geeking out about the most recent What If yeah. episode. <laughs> it feels like it was just yesterday, but it also feels like it was an eternity. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> it feels like whenever we have those, like, if all of the episodes drop at once, or if there's a daily episode kind of thing, it just mm-hmm. feels very stressful. Like, it does. There's always something looming over us. Like, yeah. oh, I haven't, there's something that I haven't done today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's, oh, that's I haven't watched a, the episode. Okay, that's a such a relatable feeling to me, and it has nothing to do with uh, our podcast production, but just like if I've got something I have to do in a day, yep. that consumes my brain. Like I can't yep. get my mind off it. <laughs> if there's just anything that I have to do, it doesn't matter how easy it is. It doesn't matter how much fun it is. It's like if I have something that the day is aiming at, then like I just can't relax. Can't process I can't. anything else. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Can't do anything until I get to that thing. And if that thing is later in the day, your yeah. whole day is shot. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I had that experience kind of today. What I can do, I can't do any mental work for whatever reason, but I can do like errands. So like today, I was like, I'm going to need to get stuff done. So I'm just going to like get in my car and drive around and do errands because those are like, drop off the check here, move the thing over there. Like just simple <laughs> tasks that don't require any thinking. And my brain can do those because it's somehow just consumed by the fact that tonight I have to sit down for an hour and talk to Jeff. Like what is the, what is my problem? I don't know. Same thing. <laughs> I've, I have exactly the same problem, except it's like, I'm, I'm so incredibly busy all the time. Like I've mm-hmm. got... You know, doctor's appointments, these appointments, meetings at work, uh, you know, various other appointments that are always coming up. Yeah. Like if somebody tries to schedule a call with me, even just a, a phone call with me, I'm like, oh God, I can't. Okay. Uh, mm, push that four hours away so that I can even <laughs> consider doing anything in between that. Yeah. And then like also involving trying to like work out every day, like, psh- 
Yeah. My schedule is shot. My brain is shot with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. Me too. The, the, the family stuff has taken up a lot of just, you know, the time and some of it is much easier, like emotionally and like stress related that now that my mom is living in the house. Yeah. But take care of it, mom. <laughs> like so much. Well, no, no, no. And that's not what I mean. I just mean like, She's not an hour away. So before oh, she yeah. had like a doctor's appointment, it was like an hour drive to get her, then take her to the doctor's appointment, then come back, and then an hour and a half drive back or whatever. So it's like yeah. everything's easier now that she's right here, but also I'm staying on top of things better than she did. So now she has like, I'm like, okay, we got to get you every specialist that you were supposed to get in the last two years, but you haven't scheduled or like, <laughs> I, like, and I wasn't there to like babysit happening is like i am making sure she's going to every specialist she needs to to get everything like just just in the get her we've changed her med like she, she's been here and her medication has been basically the same for like 10 years and since sure. she's been here i've been like well doc why is she taking this and then they're like oh yeah she should not be on that anymore I'm like yeah why didn't why did i notice that like <laughs> <sighs> so anyway. you're basically her personal assistant now yeah, which is not good. Like that's not that's not what I like need to be doing with my time. But it's, it's also that's not my job. Yeah, well, it's it's and yeah, it's not it my is, career dream. Yeah, it's not my dream. But it is very uh, much less. It's it's much, it's much less stressful than having her an hour and a half away and not being able to do those things. Like I was sure. using just as much time, but it was all just driving. Like you know, like um, now it's like she's right here. I just take her to the doctor. She gets I get all her appointments lined up. Like. I get him on the same day, so we like get her in the car and we just go from appointment to appointment. <laughs> get in the car, it's Doctor Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like you have Bagel Week, it's Doctor exactly. Day. I was about to make that reference, but I couldn't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not. <laughs> uh, Doctor Day and Bagel Week—that's what yep. we do around here at the Carroll Home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's real great when Doctor Day and Bagel Week overlap. <laughs> oh yeah, some cream cheese on your way to the doctor. So. <laughs> All of that to say, we're All back. All of that not so, MCU related. <laughs> our last episode we posted, we, we it was just called like tangents galore or something like that because yeah. we just and that's sounding like already feeling like that on this one. Um, but yep, no, that is not the case because nope. we have news to talk about. We do have news to talk about. We it's news have- that we had talked about <laughs> yes so so a little little background i mentioned it on one of the what if episodes but a lot of people may have not even listened to those yet um but dur- during uh before what if started me and jeff got together to do a news catch-up episode and uh we had a we had a terrible technical issue that completely robbed us of that episode so uh we we basically are doing another news catch-up episode some of which we have already talked about Amongst ourselves, but we were, we are now going to do it on the like. Hopefully, it will make it to people's ears this time. Yeah, now we're going to include everyone else on the dis- on this discussion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, first off, the first big piece of news that is a uh, well, firstly, this is the most recent piece of news, and I think it's sure. wild. What if season three got a sneak peek? Yep, like they Marvel put out a sneak peek. For what if season three, which yep. says coming soon. Yep. What does that mean? We just finished what if season two. Right? Well, it probably means that they went ahead and made season three at the same time, right? Or they've just been like, right. you know, churning it out. Or they have a, a big story that they've already, uh, you know, kind of put together in their minds as, as yeah. far as like, here's what we're going to do. And I, yeah, honestly, I'm here for it because that sneak peek was awesome 
Sneak peek was really fun. It's just a scene, and, and it, uh, I'll do my best to get a link in our show notes, but it's a scene between um, Winter Soldier and Red Guardian as younger men, uh, I guess, uh, doing Russian spy stuff, and Bill Foster looks like as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Yep, trying to stop them, or, or trying to at least like find them or something. Uh, it, it looks really... Looks really fun and just great characters that we love on the screen again, you know? Yep. Yep. And it was, it was so simple, you know, it was just a, a like a, a historical type thing, like, ah, it's Red Scare, right? Mm-hmm. And then where we've seen Red Guardian before was very much, you know, like intrinsic to that Red Scare. And like they're among us, you know, the commies are among us, kind of crap. Um, right. But like it it's it's just going right along with that and keeps, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a grounded thing. It's it's not like crazy superpowers. Bill Foster didn't like uh enlarge at all. Like it mm-hmm. was just, you know, Bucky punched through a, a car door, yeah. but like that's because he's got the super soldier arm. It made me wonder if uh he if Bill Foster was not uh goliath yet or whatever yeah like w- at what point in the timeline is this yeah and I, I just get the feeling that maybe he's just like we don't know exactly much about the relationship except a little bit of like drama that we heard about in ant-man and the wasp but like uh i had i just it makes me think that maybe he was a shield agent or something that like got involved with Hank Pym when Hank Pym was working with shield and that might be part of the rift between them or something it looked like he was a shield agent i'm not totally sure though yeah, and like it's it's weird. Like we think of him, we think of Bill Foster as like scientist. He is scientist. He worked with Hank Pym, and you know he was working on uh, a way to help Ava uh, mm-hmm. when you know she was ghosting out or whatever, like when she was phasing. So like he is scientist. Why is he in the field? Why is he at a, right. a checkpoint on a road in what looks like, I guess, Ohio? Well, I don't know. And that's the thing. I had a lot of the same questions and I had the same questions about like winter soldier and red guardian. I was sitting here thinking about all this stuff. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, it's what if like yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking about how does this yep. exactly fit into Canon? And then I remembered it doesn't, this is an alternate universe. Sure. Um, <laughs> it will get certain points. It's really interesting. Like, uh, the idea that they could have a Marvel animated series set in the MCU and like show us some background stories like this, but instead by doing a what if, I think the reason they don't do that is because they don't want to call their shots and they don't want the the animated side saying like this happened and then the movies yeah. no longer have flexibility around what happened. Yeah, or the the animated stuff has almost no stakes because they have to not call their shot and, exactly. Like, not affect the major timeline. What if is a perfect solution to that problem because it's, it, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. You can be as big as you want. And we saw them get pretty big in season two. And the fact that like the idea of red guardian and, or winter soldier, either one of them being mm-hmm. on this, like on like a multiverse guardians team or whatever, like that sounds amazing. Right. <laughs> I want that so bad. Like, I want Red Guardian everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, for I, sure. I think, like, especially with this little sneak peek, if this, if, if season three comes out, or at least this episode comes out before Thunderbolts, then, like, we get that little, like, preview of how they, you know, how their, their chemistry is together. Yeah. 
even yeah. if it is just voice, like we still get those two working together and seeing how how they mesh. Yeah, and we get a sense of possibly their actual uh, background because we, we've seen that a mm-hmm. lot in What If, where it's like we learn a little bit about the background, even if it's not, even if the What If takes in a different direction. Like we have, we right. can kind of assume that the uh, the King of Wakanda actually did give Howard Stark the vibranium. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's like little things like that that we've been talking about for years, but like there's little things like that that we can assume were actually added to the canon. Now, the the great thing is if they wanted to later, they could make a different choice in the movies and then we could have to have to head canon why that happened differently and what if, but that's fine. It's what if, you know? It's what if. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. It's a really clever way of using the characters, doing cool, bold things with the characters, creating new cool, bold characters like with Kohore. Oh, Kaori. I love her so much. Me I too, want her man. to come to live action so bad. They And the way they handled it all was so clever and fun. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen What If, this is obviously not a What If-centric episode. Um, well, we, we were, <laughs> we're going to do some What If feedback in a little while. but uh, kind of has been. <laughs> some of you guys might be jumping in for the first time uh, in, in a while. And uh, if you haven't seen What If, go watch it. It's so much fun. Um, secondly, I actually didn't put this on the rundown for whatever reason. But... Uh, Jonathan Majors is out. Oh, yeah. You wanted to blindside me with that. Yeah. We, we haven't had a chance to talk about <laughs> That's this. That's why you didn't put it on the rundown. <laughs> because when we re- recorded this last time, this, uh, this news episode, that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. What do you think? Jonathan Majors is officially, uh, officially out as Kang. Yeah. I mean, he was found guilty. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was not on the jury. I was not privy to any of the stuff there so i can't really say that like you know they did or did not make a a sound decision that i agree with or not sure but oh, well yeah that's not really a decision was. was made and <laughs> if he was found guilty i do not think that he should be uh kept on board yeah. I, i'll say i agree because that puts a bad name on the marvel brand yeah Haley said it on uh multiverse news this week Haley hobbs said like like negative press that goes along with that trial and everything that that ma- that happened and like all of that like that now follows Jonathan Majors but because Marvel has done the right thing that that bad press is not Marvel's anymore you know like yeah. they get to like actually be, and I'm really wondering if there's something in the contracts like it was really really odd the way it happened uh the the guilty verdict came out and then like hour like an hour later um, Marvel came out with a with a statement saying he was removed from the role or whatever. It was like really <laughs> quick after. It was like the same day at least. And um, I'm I'm cu- I'm wondering if there was something in Jonathan Major's contract that said like you know there's probably like a moral clause or something, but it probably sure. required a conviction before they could move on without paying him out a bunch of money or something. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. committed to all these movies and then they can fire him, but like there was probably like they had to fire him for cause. So I'm guessing the reason Marvel hasn't made a move quicker. They may have even known they were going to make this move, but they're waiting on that guilty verdict. I'm guessing this is totally my own theory, but like it just seemed yeah. really suspect that as soon as the guilty ver- verdict fell, they were like, "Yep, we're done. Right, we're done. <laughs> done with We don't want him." <laughs> um and and there's there's a lot of other things going on of the other stories about um working with him and that there were some like um, he was fired from his, 
public p- PR team or whatever a while back, and they sure. and they, were, they cited like um some sort of behavior unrelated to this whole trial. Like apparently he had, uh, and so like that whole like unrelated to the trial, they basically were saying like it's not because of the trial because that says that hasn't happened yet. It's because of his behavior otherwise, and it's like oh. So there's other stuff going on. History, some sort of history that, like, you know, made his PR team bail. Mm. So obviously, I think it's a good decision. I I wasn't trying to get you to weigh in on the decision necessarily, but like, how does it make you feel about the future of the MCU? Um, It does seem uh, going with this story. There's a deadline reported that the Loki creator Michael Waldron uh, is returning to write Avengers: Kang Dynasty. Um, Yep. So that was reported after Loki ended and so, so beautifully. Um, so it was after all this Jonathan major stuff had come out. So they knew, I think at that point they were going to recast and they're still, yeah. there have been some differing reports, but according to that report, it's still called Kang dynasty. It seems like they're going to keep, keep, keep Kang and recast. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause like, Marvel has a history of being okay with recasting for roles that um that are not like groundbreakingly iconic hmm. necessarily. So like you know we got a recast between Iron Man 1 and 2 of Rhodey. We got a recast of Banner. You yep. know, we've we've had um the there've been others like there've been like three different actors for uh for Cassie Lang. Right. Well, that's different ages, <laughs> though. That's a little different. Well, the 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 teenage version or the like the older version has had two at least different actors. Sure, but like, still pretty drastically different ages. Not really. No, the actresses aren't different ages, but it's like a good whatever five years apart. No, nah, it was after the after the blip. Yeah, I know, but still, I'm saying like the movies came out five years apart. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the movies came out that long apart. Yeah. So the 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 the, the same actress could have been used, but you're going to have a big change in like uh, someone's whatever. They're going to grow up a lot in between like whatever, 14 and 19. So it's like, it's, it, it, it's reasonable to recast it that if you want to, but I've heard people say that they shouldn't have. I've heard that actress that played the younger Cassie is good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen either of them in anything else, but all that to say, like it's, it's fairly easy to, you know, drop somebody who is, relatively fresh to the role even though he did a great job in in Loki yes he did a great job in um in Quantumania like he did a uh he did a solid job as Kang but like <laughs> you you don't do good in the public eye you got to get dropped so yeah you know i'm i'm okay with marvel recasting it especially since like there's already precedent for you know this is peter parker but he just looks different because he's in that universe. And right. like, it, it's very easy for like, this is Kang, but he looks different because he's from that universe right. or and whatever. We've, we've talked about that uh, pretty endlessly, really, about like the yeah. fact that, you know, they, they have options to recast. It's a little awkward because of that last shot in Quantumania, but like. <laughs> yeah, with the arena. Yeah, the arena full of Jonathan Majors uh, versions. Uh, we've, we, I think we joked in a previous episode. Yeah, that's just one arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one arena. Of, it's like the the whole like Yggdrasil, where it was like, yeah, 
you know, we're, there's a, a like a grove of Yggdrasils across the multiverse. It's yeah, like that. Totally. There's so many arenas with <laughs> all these different gangs. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. That old that old story. That old story. <laughs> that reminds me though, there was also like the the big Loki fight. There were so many different Loki's that like they all like one of them was a freaking alligator. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's precedent there. Oh, for sure. Recast Kang as an alligator is what I'm saying. Yes, that's what we're hoping for. (laughs) Alligator (laughs) Kang 2026. Um, (laughs) Vote Alligator Kang. At the top of the Kang dynasty is the alligator. (laughs) (laughs) It would be really, really good if they, like, showed that little, like, uh, I don't know, Kang, um, Kang Illuminati looking group. It's like the, the five of them that were just talking at the end of Quantum Mania, and you just yep. like pan to the corner, and one of them is like an, an alligator's like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Oh, God, yes, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> he's, he's the most powerful. They have to, yeah, they have to bow to him. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, uh, speaking of power. Speaking of strength, tell me about strength. I got a new razor, man. What's that? Uh, strength? Yeah, strength, power. I feel that about this thing. Uh, it is so well engineered. We we got a razor from Henson Shaving. Oh, that razor? You mean the one that I could probably defend my myself against assailants with? Yes, yes, you could. It is, is super strong. It's super strong, really intense. It's a really cool razor. I've never seen a razor like this, and it just flies in the face of all of the other types of razors. And here's what it is. It's almost, it's almost, it's like... To me, it feels like a different class of razor that I've never heard of before. Like, yeah, you, like we got upgraded to first class of, yes. on the the razor plane. Yes, <laughs> this is a weird analogy. It, it is, but I like it. What, why? Why do you need a razor plane? Like, what does it fly with razors? What's the deal here? Um, <laughs> all of it. Yes, all of it. The way this razor works is instead of you know we've all been buying either cheap like cheap plastic razors that like are, are really cheap or um, you know, they have these like multiple razor heads that you can buy with different uh, companies um, and, and you have to replace them so often. This razor is so different, it is not focused on like planned obsolescence of having to get a new razor every week. They, they, they say it costs once you get this razor set up, you get this original kit. It's three to five dollars a year to shave. And I totally believe it after after my first experience with this instead of the razor heads it is a razor kind of holder it's a body yeah it's a body and then you put a new literally just a new razor blade into it and it comes with these razor blades uh if you use our coupon code you get a bunch of the razor you get a hundred razor blades like i literally don't think i'll ever like it will be years before I need another razor. Yeah, this is probably the last razor I'm ever going to own, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, totally. totally. And, and like, I use, I, when I used, have used it so far, it is just like completely uh, smooth on my, my face is the smoothest I've ever seen. Like, the lines are so clean on my beard right now. I'm, I'm really loving it. When you see our video episodes, you'll see new upgra- <laughs> upgrades to Matt's razor has happened. <laughs> 
So just for a little bit of backstory, Henson Shaving is a family-owned aerospace parts manufacturer that has made parts for the ISS, the International Space Station, Mm -hmm. and the Mars rover. And now they're bringing precision engineering into the shaving experience. And I honestly, I feel that. Yeah, it really does look like... (laughs) Like a sci-fi implement. Like the fact that it's space, you know, like it's so cool. They, they, they point out that the reason you cut yourself with a razor is and there, is not because of the razor's dullness. It's actually because it becomes wobbly over time. They use a diving board analogy. As you jump on a diving board, it like bends more and more over time and it becomes wobbly and you can easily cut yourself. It doesn't work as well for shaving. But the way this works is you replace it and it's the entirety of the chassis, the little body is like designed to curve the razor so that it is completely rigid going against your skin. And it is really tight shave. Yeah. And the, the precision with, with which they have designed this means that they, the, the razor extends 0.0013 inches out, less than the thickness of a human hair. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. It, it really is like a completely different. Like I, I feel like we're, we're taking a little longer to explain it this first ad because like I feel like it is a completely different class of razor. It's almost hard to explain because it's like it's this not will blow your mind. Yeah, it's not what you think of when you go to the store and buy like a little pack of razors. This is a permanent thing fixture for your bathroom that you can use. You know. All you do is change out the literal razor blade. You're not changing out a whole head. There's not a bunch of wasted plastic. You're changing out just the razor blade when you when you need to. It means that you literally three dollars a year is your new shaving plan. They're not trying to get you on like buying a bunch of heads or buying a bunch of new razors every time. You're just replacing the razor blade, and it is yeah smart and cool design. And there's not a lot of plastic waste to go yeah. along with that. Like it's it's more eco friendly this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no plastic waste at all. No plastic used. It is aerospace grade aluminum, and it looks cool. It really like it. It, it looks completely different than any razor I've ever seen, and it works. It feels. Uh, they say like an old school shave. Like it feels like something you'd get at the barber from a straight razor, but with a new new technological design. It's really really cool. I highly recommend it. Really cool. Even just the experience of using it was cool. So it's at hensonshaving.com slash MCU. It's it's really cool and really good deal. And for our listeners, what's the deal, Jeff? Well, it's time to say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that'll last you a lifetime. You visit hensonshaving.com slash MCU. Pick the razor for you and use the code MCU. You'll get two years worth of blades for free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. That is 100 Free blades when you go to h e n s o n s h a v i n g dot com slash mcu and use the code mcu. Sweet, I, I seriously do it. It's really great. The link will be in our show notes. Go check it out. Okay, well we have some other news pieces. Another what if related uh, thing is they. Uh, this was weeks ago at this point, but um, <laughs> because, like we said, some, Ages some, ago. some of these news stories are a little less uh, less less timely. Let's say, little less Victor timely. Hey, literally, some of these stories are a little less Victor timely. Oof, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, okay. 
um, at the world premiere of What If Season 2. So, obviously dated, because we've all seen What If Season 2 <laughs> like at a month this ago. Point, <laughs> like a month ago. Um, they also gave a sneak peek to the new show, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is a new title for the show we've been calling Spider-Man Freshman Year for a while now. It is now going to yep. be called um, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. And a sneak peek for X-Men 97. Both of which are animated and coming out this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's the big news. And just the, the fact that they're showing sneak peeks somewhere. See, that's what, that's what blows me away. Like, these sneak peeks, we, we know these are coming out this year. Like, that was the big yeah. news. They're showing sneak peeks at a closed-door setting. But what if, which just had season two drop, is yep. already giving us the sneak peek. So, like... Sneak peek being shown to a closed door event means it's coming out this year, like just timetable wise. Sure. Like, but a, but a sneak peek already in our hands feels like it's going to be even sooner. And like it said, coming soon. I don't know. It feels like are we going to get new what if? And are they going to keep to this sort of release strategy? Because I think the release strategy, particularly for what if, worked great. But part of it why it worked great was because of the holidays. Everyone was off, so we all had this like everyday thing to look forward to. Yeah. I'm really curious how they're going to drop the new season. Yeah, that's the question. Because, like, we've got upcoming, I mean, we've got Echo next week. Yeah, next week. We have Echo in uh, five days from the date of recording. Yeah, our very and next episode on in this feed will be the first Echo episode coming out Tuesday. Like, all of the episodes are dropping at once for that. So, mm-hmm. like, is it going to be right after that are we waiting a couple of months after that like what something's coming out in in may right yeah something else is could come you know within the next four months <laughs> yeah we could get a season two but then like how are they already working on season four of what if is mm-hmm. this going to be the end of it i hope it's not the end of it this is a really fun series oh yeah I, and it feels like the kind of series that could keep going even if the mcu ended you know what i mean like even if they like stopped yeah. making MCU, <laughs> yep. it feels like this is a series they could just keep going with and keep mining this like interesting corners of the mcu that haven't been fully explored and taking them off in cool new directions yeah man i i i really love it i really really love it also at the uh what if season premiere um they had and they announced and this is huge news this is huge. great really exciting uh, Black Panther Eyes of Wakanda animated series. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And this yeah. is supposed to be an anthology series, yeah. right? That is like, you know, it's it's set from the like from the eyes of the war dogs, I guess, or the, the people who leave Wakanda to go on missions outside of Wakanda. Yeah, the official logline is, throughout Wakandan history, brave warriors have been tasked to travel the world retrieving dangerous vibranium artifacts. This is their story. I love it. I love it so much. It sounds so freaking cool. That gives us so much potential. It's wide-ass open, basically. Yeah. Well, it's wide-ass open, but it also is set in the MCU and is, like, like it gives us a chance to sort of like What If is doing, but in a canon way, visit these corners of the MCU. I would not be surprised if we actually got that Howard Stark receiving the gift of Vibranium. Like, what if... It starts with one of those uh, soldiers, Wakandan soldiers, seeking out an artifact and then ends up like, but we, this is our fight too, and gives it, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, how yes. it. Yes. Oh, like one, like there's a, a, 
it ends up being the king going to uh to retrieve it right yeah. to like go and retrieve the the sample and then you know having to work with howard having to work with whoever in uh, in the u.s army you know yeah, uh, not and with seeing, the SSR. Possibly seeing the atrocities that are happening in World War II. Yeah, like, yeah, all and of like that, being like, like, "You guys need help." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming around, you guys need this. Yeah, and giving it, giving that to Howard Stark, and getting to know that Howard Stark is the guy who could use this. You know, like who could actually take yep. this and use, make something of it. Maybe we, we can get, trust this in his hands. Maybe it's not the king. Maybe it is the king eventually. But, like, maybe the person who gets to know Howard is, like, another scientist from Wakanda, similar to, like, what Shuri is now uh, sure. for Wakanda. Like, you know, they're, they're sort of uh, tech bros. It could be that, like, um, it's the, the father of T'Chaka, mm-hmm. but he hasn't yet taken over. Yeah, Like, he's sure. the Black Panther, right. or he's, you know, a, a spy or war or whatever, but he isn't yet king. Right. And, like... This oh this mission where he sees the like he he goes on this mission and then finds mercy and like uh, learns to use diplomacy and that's the thing that like makes him uh, in his father's eyes worthy of of being past the crown and like or makes that all happen for him or like at this point we're just writing this episode. Yeah, um, let's write this of, whole episode. Of uh, Eyes of Wakanda. But, like, what if it was, he's the Black Panther, he's mm-hmm. out there uh, doing the bidding of Wakanda to retrieve this thing, it's T'Chaka's father, and it somehow, like, the war ends up, the the war and the Nazis or whatever, the, the, the Axis powers end up somehow, either, either inadvertently or whatever, killing his father. And he, he becomes king, like, during the Heavy episode. The and so we see T'Chaka, like, who is who is still resistant to sharing their technology, sharing their stuff, but he sees his own father and sees that he needs to come in and st- that it's coming to their shores. You know, it's coming to Wakanda as well. And, like, he, he losing his... Like, we get to see... We would get to see Howard Stark get the vibranium. We would get to see T'Chaka's father. We would get to see... Chuck's father become king, you know, like it'd be just a really cool, yeah. like, chance to do a lot of cool things. And how disappointing for Wakanda that, like, that sample that was given, we just turned into a frisbee. Exactly. I always, say, <laughs> I just, I always think about that line. <laughs> turned it into a frisbee. <sighs> One, okay, another, so yeah, I'm just really excited. That, that sounds freaking yeah. awesome. That sounds like uh, a show that we are going to love and cherish and enjoy. So. And that, and if I mean, that, I don't know when that's coming. I'm guessing that's not this year since it's just being announced, but uh, hopefully soon. I don't know, man. I, I want it now, so they need to hurry the hell up. Sure. And with this new weird release strategy of giving me a sneak peek for season three, the second season two ends, like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows how many seasons of Marvel things they're just ready to drop and they haven't told us about them yet. <laughs> yeah, they just got them chambered. They've been sitting on it. We've been talking about how Marvel's about to like sort of slow down production and come out a little less often, especially this year because of the strikes and everything. Uh, what if that's not true? What if we just get like... <laughs> That's the what if. We're getting 10 series this year. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually getting everything from the back catalog. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
a deluge of Marvel. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I wonder if the two seasons coming so quickly, quickly one after another has something to do with the strikes, or like could because the animation has a, such a longer production schedule. Like maybe the writing and the acting was done before the strikes, and so they were able to like put some effort into animating it. Since they're not doing anything else right the now. The animators weren't on strike. Yeah. And so they finished animating these seasons. And now that uh, the strikes are over, they're doing any last ADR and they're finishing them up, you know? I don't Could know. be. It just feels weird to, to have two seasons, which we still don't know when, when they're dropping, but it feels like they're going to drop quick. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that they would just be like, all right, uh, sneak peek, go. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's very We're not strange. even, we're, we're a year away from being ready for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one other story we had talked about in our previous episode that is no longer really relevant because we did not get it on the screen in time. Um, <laughs> but on the screen, I mean the, the cast on time, um, on the airwaves in time, but there's Deadpool leaks that came out like five weeks ago. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> that, Look out guys. That used to be our headline for this episode that we recorded five weeks ago, but like, now I'm just saying look out after the boulder has clearly hit all of you already. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing the Drax thing. <laughs> Where man just got hit look out. Drax is like, look out! <laughs> <laughs> so good. It was pretty fun, though. Uh, Ryan Reynolds came out and gave a statement about how, like, please stop leaking. Like, we're just trying to make fun stuff and surprise is part of it. And we don't want to shoot everything on a green screen. We're trying to shoot in real locations. And because of, like, drone footage, you're leaking everything. It's making it hard to hard to surprise people. And that's a bummer. Like, it was a nice yeah. statement from Ryan Reynolds. But what, my favorite thing that he did, he then flooded the internet with fakes. Like, fake yeah, Photoshop memes. memes about... Who is it going to be in the Deadpool movie? Which completely worked on me. Completely. Yeah. I have. I don't know what's real and what's not. Like, I guess I came in kind of late, but all the leaks I was already seeing were like half of them were photoshopped. So I still don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Mickey Mouse being in uh, Deadpool three. Yeah, Steamboat Willie man could could show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's public domain. <laughs> Let's get the Steamboat Willie cinematic universe going. Yep. The uh, SWCU. <laughs> Are fans of, of Steamboat Willie called Steamers? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Are you a Steamer streamer? Oh, God. I'm this a Steamboat is... Willie truther. <laughs> <laughs> Steamboat Willie did 9-11. Um. What? <laughs> Steamboat Willie can't melt steel, steel beams. Listen. Disney can't come at me anymore. Um, <laughs> I can say I can I can defame the name of Steamboat Willie all I want. <laughs> That's a way funnier thing. Like they're making all these horror movies, you know. Like apparently there's three horror themed. We we reported on on Multiverse News this week that there's apparently three horror themed Steamboat Willie adaptations already in the works there's like two horror movies there are and a horror game there's like a horror survival game i think where you're like you are steamboat willie and you're like running going down the river running i don't know it's three horror themed things coming out immediately after but instead of horror what if you just like did like a forest gump but like an evil forest gump like where you you just have him like go through all the the different things in the world and have him be responsible for all the worst atrocities you know (laughs) 
Steamboat Willie is like the Palpatine of like oh, uh, of the actual universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steamboat Willie is actually Palpatine. <laughs> uh, Sith Lord Steamboat Willie. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, so what was that, that's about the Deadpool leaks that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot what story we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Watch out for the Deadpool leaks, guys. Careful. Watch out for Steamboat Willie, everybody. <laughs> if you see him around, something bad's happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Just like, you see, he's like the. I just. I. I really need somebody to Photoshop Steamboat Willie into that like picture of that little girl with the house burning behind her you know? oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so silly so stupid <laughs> okay uh, the last couple stories matthew orton uh, a writer from moon knight is apparently doing the um additional photography uh writing for brave new world some of the rewrites are being written by matthew orton of moon knight fame uh replacing the writers uh spellman and musan who did uh, falcon and winter soldier what do you think of the change what do you think that means for brave new world i I mean reshoots are are uh, a constant thing right like reshoots are they always happen. Yeah. But I I don't know why you would bring in a separate writer though. I mean the writing on Moon Knight was incredible. Well, and it's a very different tone, too. It's a very different tone, very different, um, I think, depth, even, maybe, than Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, a lot more internal going on with, Falcon, uh, with, um, with Moon Knight, obviously, with the, with the subject matter. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's a darker tone, I think. Uh, yeah, it's definitely darker. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm interested to see like, what they're going to do with that. I I wonder if um the additional photography, you know, the whatever whatever it may be is not like not reshoots as much as like adding stuff. Well, that's a lot of times what the reshoots are is they're adding, taking away, changing the context of things, like whatever. Like but it suppose from what I've heard they're supposed to be like pretty extensive reshoots. Sure, um, maybe sure. more than is normal, but part of that is because like we had this it got pushed back a lot, so they have a time yep. to rework Work it a little bit. Well, I wonder if it's like if they needed somebody from, you know, this this more fantastical series to work on some fantastical elements, perhaps. Mm. Like if they're if they're opening up the story of uh, Brave New World to you know include more than just the you know Falcon, Winter Soldier, Super Soldiers, uh, you know the like uh, the General Ross, the like you know all the the grounded like. I guess the more grounded stuff, like instead of keeping it to just that, like also bringing in some of the weird stuff. Yeah. 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 Like Egyptian gods. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh man. How cool would it be? Okay. So we're just talking about the tone and the, how cool would it be that this means they're bringing Moon Knight in to the story? Ooh. That's kind of where I am is like, uh, Mark Spector is, uh, a mercenary. Like he was a mercenary first. So like, he was right in that same world with, you know, the, the flag smashers sure. and political and, intrigue you know, of it all. Like he could have, he could have been in any, you know, involved in any of that. Yeah. But then now he's, you know, the avatar of Konshu. Mm-hmm. So like, 
it's an entirely different thing. <laughs> like, holy crap, this guy's eyes glow. He has <laughs> magic bandages that wrap around his body, and he can just like pull these crescent-shaped daggers out of anywhere. Like, wow, where did those come from, sir? Um, <laughs> where were you hiding those? <laughs> Steamboat <laughs> Willie handed them to me. <gasps> Steamboat Willie's actually responsible for Sokovia. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, Steamboat Willie corrupted the AI that caused Ultron. Yes, yes. <laughs> Steamboat Willie actually like was captured and was currently living in the Mind Stone when it yep. uh, when it when it came to Earth. It, he had been digitized by that point. You know, yep. the digital uh, that they digitized all the old Disney stuff, and Steamboat Willie's soul entered the Mind Stone somehow. No, he was uh, he was captured. And, like, he was imprisoned in the Mind Stone. Yeah. What we yeah, didn't yeah. know is that Tony Stark, like, went in there and found the, the bad. Mm-hmm. He, he, they didn't know it was a prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just, I'm just seeing Steamboat Willie everywhere. Last oh, this is so stupid. Last thing, last thing in our news is uh, Echo. This was also again a few weeks ago. Echo reactions yep. came out um, for the first was, two episodes. Yeah, first reactions to the first two episodes of Echo, and uh, some some of the highlighted. There's a, you can find them online. There's big groups of like tweets that different reviewers came out and gave, but like they said, dark, violent. Um, they said Alakwa Cox is great. Uh, refreshing, grounded stakes, um, great fight sequences, uh, and so there were some story criticisms. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Um, but uh, overall, I think Echo is. After seeing What If and seeing what they did, where they're experimenting with the new new drop schedules, like they've been doing mm-hmm. the weekly thing for this entire year. You know, actually the entire like last three years, and then this year they did some interesting. They're they're doing some interesting things with the release schedules, starting with What If, and now with Echo dropping all at once. I I I always took that dropping all at once as like a lack of confidence in the show, but now I really yeah. do think that it's it has more to do with they're just experimenting with their release schedules. They're they're having a lot of issues at Marvel. They're trying to figure out how to exactly handle the MCU going forward, and I think. Releasing all at once or releasing daily, as they did with What If, like, it's a different, it's a totally different thing. It's a different beast. I really like the daily release. I think it was probably one of my favorite ways to release because it's really fast, almost like you're binging, but everyone's together. You know what I mean? Everyone can still have the conversations that we love having. Yeah. Um, But it's like a daily check-in. But here's the thing I really like about both of these ideas is it gives us a little space between properties. Like, I think that missing the MCU is a powerful thing. Like, when there hasn't been a show in two or three weeks, or even two or three weeks, but like, let's say two months, when a new show yeah. drops, and I am, I just get so excited. If I was just covering Loki, and then the next show starts the next week, it's kind of like, all right, keep on the grind. You don't. It, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I guess is the yeah 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 is the thing I made up to cover this concept. Mm-hmm. That I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it does too. I think it has a good, has incredibly a ring to unique it. that thing that you just said there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, if we never get a, a chance to breathe and really like uh, get to talk about how something feels, you know, how a series felt for us and how it it affected us, and then like speculate on it for weeks and weeks mm-hmm. in our red string theories and how does that tie in? I've watched it three more times and I've found all these little things that yeah. like all these little Easter eggs that obviously mean like resounding things throughout yeah. the MCU. They're not just Easter eggs. <laughs> like obviously this this one little piece here means that uh Kang went back in time and was Ramatut. Like it's you know Crazy things like that that we, we as the fans of the MCU absolutely love getting to do, mm-hmm. and I, I for one love seeing it in our our Facebook chat where like people are like, okay, hear me out. <laughs> like I love when that's the start of the post is okay. I've been thinking about this for a while. <laughs> hear me out, and I'm like, oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm grabbing my yeah. popcorn. Like let's go, tell, take me on tell a ride. Me what weird things you got to say? Um, yeah, I think that I actually really like the idea and I think it would really behoove Marvel. I don't like the daily the all at once drops. I think it's stupid because I think you have no room for water cooler. Oh yeah, absolutely. The in-between episode talk is huge. Yeah, it is. And Marvel has been a little too beholden to the weekly schedule. I think like a two times a week schedule or a three times. Like if it was dropping Monday, Wednesday, Friday... Or, or like, what if did every day, like, if they dropped a, if they had a 10 episode series and they just dropped it all, it would feel like that 10 days would feel meaty enough. You know, we've talked about in the past where when you binge something too quickly, there's no time to talk about it. You don't live with the episodes. So they, it feels like it comes in and out, you know, it like it runs through you. And it's like, that episode ran right through me. Yeah. It it really, really can. And I think that giving, these episodes a little bit of time, but not a whole week would allow them to continue to put out the episodes they're putting out at the clip they're putting them out. But it would, it would allow that time in between for us to miss what's going on. And you don't have to reduce the amount of content. You just have to reduce the, change the schedule up. I think that would be really, really smart. Sure. I don't know that I like the, uh, the daily release for something like WandaVision. Sure. Where, like, it was such uh, a mystery. Yeah. And, like, the mystery was only built by, or it was built more by giving us a week in between episodes to, like, talk about and speculate and yeah. and theorize. Like, I, I, that I sort of thing was, that helped build it up in our minds of, like, how crazy it was. I totally agree. And I think there's different... Like I think the, the the there could be all kinds of formats they could play with, but I'm I just like that yeah. they're experimenting. I really do. I don't like the idea of all at once, but I do like the experimentation. I think for something like what if though the daily release or mm-hmm. the every other day or you know twice a week or whatever, like that's a good format for for that sort of thing because of the lower stakes and the you know maybe the the less like long term meaty kind of content. Yeah, where it's like. You know, it's a one-off thing. It's one and done. It might, you know, come into play later, kind of the way that season two had it, where it's like, you know, there was a couple of things from season one, a thing or two from season two that, you know, really needed to to understand to get to the end. But like, for the most part, most of the episodes stood alone mm-hmm. and, and were fine alone. 
Yeah. And, well, and that's the thing. That's one of the reasons it works so well is because they're standalone. It's almost an anthology. If it weren't for the crossovers, yeah. and this this season had a few little teases that a crossover was coming, just like last season did. Um, yep. I think this one started teasing it a little sooner because last season we had no idea. We thought it was a pure anthology. We did not yeah. think the crossover was happening, and then it did, and it was so cool. This season we knew that was possible, so they started teasing it a little sooner. But like, there's a lot less to. Sp- when you're watching an entire episode and you want to speculate about what's happening in the rest of the season, so you give us a whole week, you can speculate about every character you saw and what's going to happen with that <laughs> character. You know what I mean? But when you just yep. know that, like, it, there may be a crossover, but it's not going to be, like, I'm not going to find out what happens to Korg. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to need to talk about Korg or Howard the Duck again. So there's not, like, that sort of speculation mill that is generated by like a WandaVision or even a Falcon Winter Soldier or a Loki. Um, but I do think that like something like twice a week could really work like Monday yeah. and Friday or Tuesday and Friday or whatever, whatever days we're podcasting that that would be the days to drop. them. <laughs> Please just keep to our schedule. Marvel. Yeah, just, just conform to us. <laughs> One other big benefit, I think to the less than weekly schedule, but also having the gap is if you have a gap between shows, which is what I'm really advocating, like a two month, there's when you have one show leading right into the next, there's no time for dedicated hype train. Oh you yeah, know? like if you're if you're actively promoting Wandavision, you can't promote Falcon Winter Soldier. Well, it's something we've been saying. You know, it's it's one of our things we tried to do on this podcast is like when we want to tell you guys to do something, like go check out a new podcast or. Uh, go join the Patreon or whatever. We try to only do one ask at a time because they're like, hey, if you would give us a review, it'd really help. But if you tell people, give us a review and go to our Patreon and go to da da it just gets too muddled. It's something we've always thought about when we were scheduling out our, when we're talking at the end of our episodes and stuff. Um, Yeah. Sometimes we'll give a few plugs at the end or whatever. But, you know, that one ask at a time concept, like, I think it works for, like, when you're you're asking someone to be excited about WandaVision and they're excited about the finale of WandaVision, it's really hard to split your focus and be like, I am also excited about the the series and premiere of Falcon Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is just right around the corner. Like, be excited for all of these things right now. Yeah. I I think that the idea of spreading, like... Keeping the amount of content coming, but just take take a few weeks off. I think that excitement would really bode well for uh, yeah for the for this new year. And uh, speaking of the new year, you know, the new year comes with resolutions, my friend. Does it for some? For some, it does. For some, for me, it doesn't normally. I, I tend to set goals, but those goals also do motivate me. If you've got goals for this year, if you've got things you're trying to accomplish. One of them very likely has to do with health. I know on my list of goals, it does. Oh, yeah. Trying to be healthier this year and factor meals is the way to go. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from every week. I really, really enjoy Factor meals. They feel like I'm eating out at a nice restaurant. They don't feel like, because they're, they're, they're not frozen, they're, they're fresh food, and they're chef-prepared, and you just pop them in the microwave for two minutes. 
that's the thing that I love about it so much is like you have uh you know a stack of options to go with mm-hmm. and it's almost like uh the the grown up version of those uh kids cuisines except you know way better for you <laughs> yes <laughs> way better for you um way better ingredients just better all around and just complex interesting flavors um and just feels like you're getting a nutritiously complete good meal out of your two minutes in the microwave meal. It's really impressive. Um, really good stuff. I'm, I'm very impressed. And they also have uh, not just, you know, the, the two minute meals or whatever, they've got uh, snack options, you know, the breakfast smoothies, snacks, juices, uh, you know, basically anything to get you through your day, no matter what your, your schedule is, you can just have something ready to go for a lot cheaper than any kind of takeout that, that you might be getting or mm-hmm. uh, any, you know, drive through God forbid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Factors is everything uh, I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash MCU 50 and use code MCU 50 to get 50% off. That's code MCU 50 at factormeals.com slash MCU 50 to get 50% off. I'm actually going to do that right now because I'm sick of the grocery store right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We didn't say they're in the body of the ad, which I guess this still is. Um, but, dude, I go to the grocery store and spend like two hours there. Now that I have a family to like plan all the meals for, I'm spending like two hours in the grocery store every week. And it's just a lot of planning and meal prep and getting all the right things and getting the weird thing that someone wants for this recipe. And like Factor just makes so many of our meals easier. Highly recommend. Um, again, it's a. Uh, factormeals.com slash MCU50 and use code MCU50 to get 50% off. So lastly, here on the cast for today, um, we, we wanted to come back and do old news. <laughs> New news, old news. New news, old news. Medium news. Steamboat Willie news. Mediumly priced news. <laughs> but uh, we also had a few people write in about what if, uh, particularly some of our patrons, and we wanted to get to those since... You know, we're doing what if this, we did what if last week. It's what if, uh, this is our like one episode between what if and echo. So I wanted to go ahead and get some of our what if feedback in. So, uh, you want to go ahead and hit those? All righty. First up, we've got Timothy Castillo saying, holy crap. I just finished what if season two and what a journey that became. I'm so happy they ended with the Loki remade Yggdrasil of time. Hmm. I'm getting really excited for Secret Wars. I'm hoping Fantastic Four will have something that is a lead-in to that. I do wonder, since all this is multiversal and we now officially have heroes in multiple dimensions, even if we're only counting Monica Rambeau, will the Fantastic Four even be on this main universe that we've known as the home of the MCU, or will it be starting in a completely separate dimension slash timeline? The X-Men are confirmed as being in two separate ones now, so there's already precedent for something like this. What do you guys think? Are we going to get more points of view from different universes and the movies or even other shows before Secret Wars? I think that would add weight and significance to the ramifications of Secret Wars, personally. Will Monica be in Deadpool 3? Is is that the universe that she's in? My mind reels. <laughs> oh, and Matt, I was watching What If with my kiddos ages 8, 9, and 12, and after the watcher said, Time. Space. With no prompt from me... All three of them said, the final frontier. (laughs) So I laughed so hard when you said it in your episode five review. 
So good. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I love that the kiddos. Also, you just you know you're just doing a good job raising them kids. Um, <laughs> you're raising them right. Not only are they watching What If as it drops, but you're they're also uh, well acquainted enough with um, Star Trek that space immediately makes them go the final frontier. Yes. <laughs> All of the rest of that message, all of the rest of that email, and that's your that's focus. All, that's initially. all I got to say, man. I have nothing to say about all his theories, where where we're going. Let's move on to the next feedback. That's that's he's doing it right. That's all I'm saying. His parenting is correct. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I like I like the idea that Monica Rambeau shows up in Deadpool three. What do you think? I you know mm, Monica. Monica, Monica, Monica. I mean, it, it makes sense if that is the same world that, uh, that Deadpool is in. Right. Right? Where, like, well, I mean, honestly, he could, Deadpool can go to any world that he wants to. It's Deadpool. Yeah. And, ugh. Well, and now that he has, like, a time travel, and I'm assuming will be adapted to multiversal traveling device in the new movie and just be able to pop around and do all kinds of things, uh, yeah. I think I, th- I think it's very possible we'll at least see her. I don't know that she'll be like in the same universe or be like a main character, but I think like seeing her, even if in a post credits, showing that she's like hooked up with the X Men and is now like working with them to try to figure out how to get into the multiverse. You know, you know, thinking on it, um, the let's see, what was it? Deadpool two. We saw like all of the X Men first class actors. Yeah. In the room, and they close the door. Yep, yep. To kind of be like, oh yeah, we're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is confirmation that the beast that we saw with Monica is different from the beast that's in the Deadpool verse. That's true, unless unless it's just supposed to be that, like, unless that was just a funny thing. Well, which it could well be because it's Deadpool. Well, it's that, but it's also the fact that that is just Beast at a very different point in the timeline too. The the Beast played by Nicholas Holt is, I presume, supposed to just be a younger version of the Beast played by Kelsey Grammer, although they did some time travel shenanigans, because, th- yeah, I-, I think that it's it's been shown that, like, it- it's the same, supposed to be the same version or the same, I don't know, multiversal version it, with, like, McAvoy is Stuart or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know. Clearly, it's a, it's a different, he creates a new timeline. I don't think it's supposed to be a different character. That makes sure. sense. I think it's just like a recasting, not a re uh, a new universe. Although it's also a new universe because the shenanigans in Days of Future Pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're talking multiverse, all of those exist, you know, simultaneously yeah. in parallel. Well, and if this is all becoming part of the MCU, um, an MCM now, like it means that way back in like whatever early 2000s that was the beginning of the marvel cinematic multiverse and it's been like they've been bouncing around in all the days of future pants stuff like (laughs) they've just been like moving around throughout these different parts of the multiverse and then at the end of logan there's a or no i'm sorry at the end of the wolverine right where he goes yeah but he goes to like the alternate future where the Diff- like it's a different version of the future that has 
those three characters. Or is that the end of Days of Future Past? That's the end of Days of Future At, Past. Yeah. End of Days of Future Past. Sorry. Yeah. I got confused. Where Gene is alive. Third guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got it in three. <laughs> Golly. Like, I was joking, or we were talking about something here on the cast a few weeks ago where it was like, it's just sometimes it's getting kind of hard. Like, there's so many movies and TV shows now that it gets a little hard to, like, nail down exactly what happened when and, like, who is what. And, you know, it's, I need to do more rewatches, basically, is what I'm saying. But, like, yeah. and we are. We're doing our Infinity Saga rewatch right now. Um, have been. Always be watching MCU. Always be watching. It's even harder when you start saying, also, all the X-Men movies now count. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all of the all of that backlog of of MCU, all of the yep. Spider Man, yep, all the Spider Mans count the the Fantastic Fours, like all of it's canon. It's all canon. Feige had a serious crazy plan when he did all this stuff to like bring <laughs> all this stuff together and unify it into one big universe. We've joked about it in the past, but but it was a complete joke because it's so crazy. And he's like, "Haha, yeah, joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joke." So, uh, this, this idea that the Fantastic Four is going to lead, uh, or like start somewhere else and then lead into the, the main MCU, yeah. as we know, the 616. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I've been saying this for years, yeah, though. Yeah, we've been it talking feels about that like, for years. I love it. Because, like, Reed Richards is, in the comics at least, like, absolutely known for discovering other dimensions, traveling to them, like making vehicles that travel to other dimensions or universes. And like, that's, that's his thing. Like it makes complete sense that like this whole time throughout the MCU, you know, the, the fantastic four family has not been there because they've been off doing multiversal, whatever. Yeah. And now they're coming back and like, how did you guys screw this up? Yeah. Which is something we talked about, like the possibility of having it be a, this was, you know, 10 years ago when they were first talking about making one, we were talking about like it being like a period piece where they started in the sixties and then jump into the multiverse, then come back. But I also think that what uh, Tim's idea here is, is just like, they aren't from here. They just started the multiverse. They're from a different universe. And man, that would be really interesting and intriguing of their characters, if they don't exist in the MCU, like they don't exist in the 616 because Kang pruned them because he knew they were a threat, right? So now yeah. they're out in the multiverse somewhere and now they come into our universe. And then, like, I like that as, you know, like we talk about um, Cap is the man out of time, but what yep. if their universe has already been destroyed to an incursion? And they're right, like now, now like that, a homeless Fantastic Four that they've they're lost. Refugees. Their, yeah. They're refugees. Yeah. And they're, they're here to try to stop this, stop the destruction of the Kang dynasty, but they're not from here. They're not necessarily champions of this universe, they're, but they have to sort of make a new home in the MCU. That, that could be really interesting. Yeah. I like the, the multiversal refugee idea because like that will very, very easily lead to this is why Kang is bad. And, uh, and you know if they can't stop it if they aren't able to save the multiverse then that leads directly into secret wars mm-hmm. like beautifully leads into secret wars where like we couldn't stop it this was the best we this is the best i could do well i you can know? already see like some great character development there if that's what they go with because it's like read like the th- 
what if the very last moment they're doing everything they can to stop the destruction of their universe, but they have a chance to bail out than just save the four of them. And like, no one else wants to do it, but Reed just sees it as like, as you know, it's like, well, it's either everyone we're going with our universe or we're bouncing. And he like, you know, hits that escape button. It kind of like sets him up as like, he did made the hard decision or whatever, like saved what he could saved his family. But like, his universe is gone, you know, like, and then the, the, the rest of the characters, I just imagine like, just like cap having to learn about, you know, what music they have in this universe or whatever, and missing Peggy, like every one of those characters missing their families or even visiting the families in which they don't exist. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. go to see like a dad who never had them or whatever, <laughs> like, and, like trying to connect with people. Cause all their families are gone. And it, it ties them together better because they are the only four that know them. You know what I mean? Like they're the only four, they are a family out of necessity because not only are the only four freaks with weird powers that had to (laughs) like rely on each other, but they've also lost everyone they ever knew, you know? Yeah. I love that idea. There's also the potential for that to, you know, if it leads into secret wars, uh, the way that, uh, the way that I just talked about, um, there's potential for that to set up Reed as the bad guy of Secret Wars mm-hmm. and like have him be the like the God Emperor Doom of it all. Sure. And like, uh, you know, it's that like, we lost our universe. I'm protecting my family. I will do anything I can to protect my family. Yeah. Well, another option, another option there, you mentioned God Emperor Doom. And another option is there, this is all going down. They're trying to stop the destruction of the universe. But Doom has just prepared a way of getting away. You know what I mean? Doom like, is the one that presses the button that yeah. gets them all out. And then the five of them end up in another universe. And then Doom comes yeah. here as like a conquering hero and takes over his like his his country here as well as, you know, like in, in the Latveria. Yeah. yeah. Co- goes to Latveria and starts building it up as a superpower using his technology and stuff. And like Yeah. That, it, I could see that. I could see that too. It's, I can see that. I it's like immediate, it. and the biggest thing it does is it would make Kang a real threat. Like we we've talked about it over and over how they every time Kang gets beat and and a story ends on a win, it's kind of like man that Kang's looking weaker and weaker. But what if we yep. see a, a really great Fantastic Four movie and their first movie ends on a loss? Oof, you know. Yeah, like the only win they get is escaping. Yeah, exactly. Like they survive and that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I like, I like it a lot. Next up, we got KT Elizabeth uh, said, What if your patrons all wrote in stream of consciousness feedback? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Great what if. Great what if, Katie. And we have some stream of consciousness feedback. Here we go. Here it is. Enjoy this randomness, perhaps while sipping on Costco eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> That's Emperor Costco eggnog to you. I thought the conquistadores as the colonizers was interesting in Kahori's episode. As a Filipina American, I learned that the Philippines was colonized by Spain. Now I'm wondering what my birth country would have been like if they had left us alone. Mm. Yeah. So... Loki was performing the Scottish play Hamlet at the Globe Theatre when everything went down in 1602. If I'm remembering from high school Britlet, the venue burnt during a performance of or a, a run of Hamlet. So nice tie-in. Hmm. Nice to see our friends from Shang-Chi show up and team up with Hela. 
Guardians Holiday Special and Die Hard Avengers Tower. I mean, Happy Saves Christmas will be mandatory viewing next December. (laughs) (laughs) Don't punch your stones wrong is a great New Year's resolution. (laughs) Thanks, Matt, Jeff, and Scotty. (laughs) And finally, The Watcher and Loki, Yggdrasil and Chill is is the what-if spinoff we all need. Oh. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, KT. Uh, I thought she was going to be um, giving us thoughts on all the show, but I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of her thoughts are from live, like like a lot of people send us things where they're like live tweeting the show, basically. But that was sort of yeah. live tweeting our podcast, which I really like. I appreciate that. Yep, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Yggdrasil and Chill <laughs> is so good. It really is. I love yeah. it. Like. <laughs> Golly, it, sometimes I forget how goof the goofy things we come up with. I forgot all about the two of them sitting at the edge of time, like eating popcorn wanna, or whatever. Yeah, you 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 want to you want to watch something else? <laughs> want to play a board game? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the store. You want something? Because I can you look, do that. You look hungry. <laughs> the watcher looks down at the the bagel bite store and he's like, "Do I interfere and take these bagel bites?" oh man Uh. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) I wanted to Yggdrasil and chill but you just seemed to want to multiverse and mope (laughs) (laughs) it's good it's good stuff And we got one more here from Niche, our good friend Niche. Thank you, Niche. Niche says, hey, y'all. Oh, God. (laughs) Scared. I'm scared. I'm so scared. Uh, I've watched the first three episodes of What If and had two big thoughts pop out at me. One, did you catch that they called Nebula an Omega-class cybernetic organism? In comics, does Omega-class only apply to mutants, or are there other sources of power that can be Omega-class? Any other thoughts on the implications of Nebula being Omega-class? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It definitely seemed like a a reference to Omega-class mutants, for sure. But I don't know that it goes any deeper than that. I I don't know, in comics, are there any other Omega-class, whatever? God, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea either. I feel like it's just a, like, this sounds spacey. <laughs> They're like, throw some space words at it. I think there was, they were very deliberately making a reference to Omega class mutants just because it's such a common phrase. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it, it, she's an Omega class cybernetic organism, which I guess means she's a real good robot. She's a real good robot. <laughs> <laughs> it, wait, and is two, she cybernetic or is she cyborg? I thought she was a cyborg. She is. She well. She in that episode, she calls herself a cyborg. Right. Okay. I guess I think when I think of cybernetic organism, I think of like purely cybernetic. You know what I'm saying? Like Terminator is a cybernetic organism. Well, cy- cyborg is supposed to be like a like a partially human, partially cybernetic. Right. Like cybernetic enhancements. Yes. So I guess like I I, I would think of there would be a distinction there, but I guess uh, I guess it doesn't have to be. I mean, she got a lot of cybernetic enhancements because Gamora was a bitch. Because Gamora was a bitch. Because <laughs> uh. Gamora never let her win. Yeah. 
Okay, and uh, Nietzsche says, number two, I found it interesting that Chris Evans doesn't voice his own character, especially based on his comments about how much he cares about the character, and because Ruffalo, Renner, and Hemsworth are all here. It seems like no one is busier than John Favreau right now, but he was still voicing his own character. Nothing against Chris Evans at all, and I would, of course, still love to see him come back. However, I was curious your thoughts on his absence juxtaposed with his recent comments in the news, and if you could shed any other light on why some actors voice their own character on What If and why others don't. Thanks, as always, for the continuous content, and keep on jamming! Yeah, I think it's interesting. He, he did make those comments last week, a couple weeks ago about how much he cares about his character and how precious it is to him, but the... Um, context of those comments was that he didn't know if he'd ever come back. So I think yeah. the idea is that he cares so much about his character that he wants to be protective of it and not just do something, um, you know, frivolous with it. So I think probably him as an actor is looking at it going like, I closed that part of my life. I'm done. I'm not going to come back for kind of what he views as probably a frivolous thing. What if, I mean, honestly, if I wasn't a big fan of it and I wasn't like following it, like I thought of it as a frivolous thing until season one came out and season two, I think of even less frivolous. I think it's been really, really killer. Um, so, but, but in, in the whole of what is uh, content that Chris Evans probably cares about. And same thing with Robert Downey Jr. I think they both care about the characters and they probably don't want to come back and like, do something unless it's something big. And also like right. if they keep sprinkling themselves into the content, they're not going to get that big payday to come back. They're going to be like, oh, you know, you want to be here anyway. You were here last week recording for what if come on, just do one <laughs> scene in, in, in a uh, secret wars. <laughs> I think that's the thing though, is that like, they probably just cost too damn much. Mm, yeah. Because like Chris Evans, Downey or RDJ and uh, ScarJo, like the three of them don't, don't voice their characters mm-hmm. in what if exactly uh especially it's kind of funny like lake bell does the voice for black widow or for natasha and lake bell had like a live action part in uh black panther wakanda forever mm. like she was um the researcher with the helicopter i was the got blown up by namor namor i may have mentioned it on the what if cast i think i probably did but you weren't here i don't believe i uh I was really proud of my little panda in training, uh, Skylar. She uh, noticed that it was the same voice actor playing Natasha that plays Poison Ivy on Harley Quinn. <laughs> and I was <laughs> nice. like, good ear, good ear. Yeah, she's like, that's nice. the same person. Um, I was, I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> another, thought, like that. another thought about these, this uh, who plays their characters and who doesn't. The three, the three you just mentioned, uh, Renner, Hemsworth, uh, Ruffalo, uh, even Favreau, are all the ones who are still under contract with Marvel to make yeah. future projects. Like, yep. uh, it, they're still working with Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Evans are all done as of now. So they're going to have to come back to them to do it. I think these what if probably when they redid their last set of contracts, they probably worked out. Okay. We're going to do these big movies. You're going to be in spite, you know, Favreau, you're going to be in Spider-Man, no way home, but you also are going to be in this smaller show and do a voice acting part, you know, and, and not that yep. he wouldn't want to, but it's, it's sort of the leverage of when you get them to sign these multi-picture deals, you can be like, all right, you're going to be in three movies 
and also a cartoon, you know? So I think that probably plays into, like, it just feels like that's exactly what it lines up on who is where, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely contracts. Like, it's the contract line. I hate to, like, I hate to bring the business side of it Mm -hmm. into it. And like, oh, there's, there's gotta be a way there's something about like why they're not, you know, it's, it's, we get, we get a headcanon like, oh, it's a different character. It's not the same one because it's not the 616 or whatever. Like, meh. No. Maybe. Just, just contracts. But it's just contracts. Yeah. And, uh, Niche had one more email he sent in, uh, for after he'd finished here. What if? Oh, yeah. Just finished What If last night and just finished your finale cast this afternoon. You were kind of joking about this, but please don't toy with me. I think I speak for all your listeners when I say that we 100% need a frame-by-frame breakdown of this last episode on YouTube. It was an absolute feast for the eyes, and with so much going on on screen, this episode is just begging for deeper analysis. Mm. Inject that opium directly into my ears. I like this idea. Maybe maybe we can find a couple of because the problem is the frame by frame doesn't work. I, I I'd have to figure out a workaround because you can't screen capture or screen record in Disney Plus. Yep. So Disney so Plus even, stops all of that. Yeah. Even if you're just looking at a single, you know, frame, it's like you can't even see a freeze frame when you pause on Disney Plus. So much less while doing a frame by frame, but. We might be able to like just maybe we can just take some screenshots somehow. Figure like take a picture with my phone of my own screen, um, yep. literal <laughs> screenshot, and uh, and then we can go into like looking at some of those some of those some of those more um, interesting moments, like the the characters in the background of of like when she when she's walking through uh, Strange Supremes like layer. You see all those characters in the background. Like who are all of them? Can we? How many can we identify? Um, that would be a lot of fun. We might we might try to get get up to something like that this week on the YouTube, YouTube.com slash stranded panda. Uh, if you want to follow us on YouTube, we're dropping um, we drop uh, any of our video episodes on there. Which normally we do video episodes when there's like con- new content when we can. Did not do that for what if because every every day a video episode would be like my entire day's work. So <laughs> I couldn't do, I couldn't do uh, I couldn't do that over the holidays. But we did only audios. Bit too much. Bit too much. This is still not my full time job, unfortunately. Um, one day, one day, despite how much we're trying. Yeah, exactly. One day we can make this network our our full time gig. Hopefully, do do more podcasts for you guys. So that's that's all the uh, feedback we had for what if. I guess that's it. We 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 went a lot longer than I was expecting, to be honest. <laughs> Tonight, hell yeah, hell yeah. You're welcome, content baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nah, for real. It's good chatting with you, Jeff. Likewise, sir. And uh, I'm uh, sad you're back across the country again. It was fun having you over here for a week. Yeah, when are you going to come visit me? Dude, I am down. Uh, money is an issue, but other than money, I would be there like next week. I've got a really, I've got a really <laughs> light January, but like, um, I really want to come out there. That would be really fun. Yeah, you could try the Vitruvia machine and get wrecked. Yeah. That sounds like not what I would want to do on vacation. I think, sure, <laughs> reasonable. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll, we'll see if we can pull that off sometime soon. Maybe we can do do a bunch of episodes out there in Cali. Feel feel a different vibe. We need a panda meetup. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I really want to do a tenth anniversary meetup. 
because we are really close to the 10th anniversary coming up in uh, August. Um, there's some, there's been some discussion of doing it at Dragon Con and then oh, inviting man. everybody. Dragon Con would be so great. I, we just got, we got to get on on the ball about that. So, because uh, that's that would be like worth everybody, like anybody that's a fan of this network. That like if you flew in, it would make it worth your time because it'd be like. Also, see Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, there's also a con. Yeah, it's also a con, but we'd all be there and we get to do meetups and stuff. Yep. Yeah, that'd be really cool, man. And knowing knowing the director of the podcasting track, like we could definitely have some amount of something scheduled for yeah, the pandas to come together. We talked about it. Um, we should definitely try to make that happen next year. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, um, it's coming up, so we we'll get we'll, it was literally on my to do list today to edit, email Dragon Con. Like, I put it on my... Like, it's been on my to-do list for a couple months, but, like, I moved it to my list for today, and I didn't get to it yet, but I might do it after we after I edit this podcast. <laughs> um, cool. Right. All right, uh, Jeff, good to talk to you. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends.